Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Hey everybody, welcome back to Concierge Confidential. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and it is time for another week of Concierge Confidential. So, um, in this episode, I'm actually going to be covering basically two separate things. Uh, one of them is going to be um, my overrated list. So, things in town that I think are usually like covered a lot in a lot of uh, social media and a lot of stuff of that nature. And I think that are just, you know, supremely overrated. And uh, I'm going to give you an alternative because I think it's one of those things that if you point out a problem, you should probably be able to point out a solution. So uh, I'm going to point out some of my overrated things in town and uh, the other things that I think are better. So that'll be coming up in the second half of the episode. And the first half of the episode, um, I actually just thought about this the other day as I was kind of talking to a group of people and some people who, you know, have been living in Las Vegas for a little while. And sometimes people ask us what it's like to live here. So I actually want to kind of break down what it's like to live in Las Vegas and sort of the things or the tools you should know about before moving here. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump into that in this particular episode. Hopefully you guys enjoy and that'll be coming up next. Hey everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential, and this episode is brought to you by AO Painting, who have been experts in specialized coating, servicing Arizona for over 40 years. AO Painting specializes in industrial projects and are a one-stop shop for sandblasting, industrial painting, waterproofing, and much, much more. To see more of their work and to get a quote, you can visit aopaintinginc.com. That's aopaintinginc.com. AO Painting, where specialized is where we start. All right, everybody, so we are back. So we're going to be actually jumping into the first part of the pod, talking about what it's like to live in Las Vegas. So uh, what is it like living in Las Vegas? So for anybody who's thinking of moving here, uh, Las Vegas itself is actually a pretty unique city. And everybody who lives here will tell you this, is that Vegas itself is actually like a big city, but also a small town at the same time, just because a lot of things are congregated to certain parts of the city. And we actually have over 2 million people who actually live in the Las Vegas metropolitan area. That's including North Las Vegas, Henderson, Summerlin, Las Vegas, you know, proper, and so and so on and so forth. So it is actually a pretty decent sized city, but you can get anywhere within the city in about 20 to 30 minutes, depending on which parts of town you're driving to. So um, unless you're driving from like Henderson to North Las Vegas, that does take about 30 to 45 minutes. So don't think you're going to be getting there, you know, super, super quick. But in LA, that's like a normal Thursday. Um, if I'm ever, if anyone ever tells me that I have to go to North Las Vegas for something, um, I always just really have to think about how important this activity is for real. So anyways, so the city itself is actually not gigantic. You can really get anywhere very, very quickly, which is really great. Um, it's not like a big... Uh, it's not a big like public transportation city uh, unless you're on like the Strip, which does have 
you know, monorails and trams, but nobody lives on the Strip, for one. Uh, it's kind of like the number one thing, you know, people need to understand is that, no, locals do not live on Las Vegas Boulevard, although you can if you want, uh, which would be quite fun, uh, but, again, be quite expensive. Uh, but people get around it, so it's doable. And it's really funny just because the biggest reason why people like moving to Nevada, especially if you're coming from California or like let's just say New York or some place that's sort of a big city, but you want to still have the big city vibe, but not the big city prices, is real estate. So real estate is actually um, kind of going down at the moment in 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 the city. Uh, but I know big real estate people say, well, the money's going down, but the you know taxes are going up, so on and so forth. So uh, I don't know about all that. So can't talk about the actual uh, sort of intricacies of real estate, but. In regards to other cities, this is actually a pretty approachable city to actually move to just for a couple of reasons. One being that we do not have a state income tax, so we just pay federal tax on all of our checks. So that is one thing that having casinos is helpful with because that's sort of like the big draw to the city. But I think Vegas is actually a really good city for somebody who is trying to move out of a smaller town and trying to get acclimated to sort of a bigger town feel but not actually jump into one of those larger cities. So I'm originally from Arizona, Tucson specifically, and it's pretty much a small town. So it's actually like a city itself. It's a pretty decent sized city. It's about it's about a million people live in, in Tucson. And I moved to Las Vegas for school, and then I kind of learned sort of to live and work in a more sort of metropolitan area. And it is actually very helpful just because Tucson is actually a very particular um, type of people and then we tend to be a little bit more we, it's sort of a good mix because you get a lot of people who are very diverse but it's it's not as diverse as you think so for example uh, here in Las Vegas I was introduced to like Hawaiian culture which I we didn't have a lot of in Las Vegas and Polynesian culture sorry in Tucson a lot of Polynesian culture and you start figuring out that the world is much bigger than you actually think and that's a great thing about Las Vegas is because you actually get to get a meld of these all these different groups and ethnicities and all this other cool stuff and you get just through osmosis by working around different people uh, sometimes they become your friends and coworkers, and you go hang out and you actually sometimes will go to like their houses and their family gatherings and then you learn so much about different people which I think that's a great thing about Las Vegas is that you learn so much about so many different types of people. So that's number one. One of the best reasons to move to Las Vegas is it's sort of a good like starter city for somebody who wants to move to a big city like LA, New York. Uh, those are really like the two big ones, I think. Some people say Chicago. Those are kind of the big three. Some people might say like Miami. Basically, I think Miami and Las Vegas are actually very similar, but also quite different. Uh, and I think we both think each other is the trashier version of that city. So uh, now you guys know how I feel about Miami. So that's one great aspect about living in Las Vegas. Another good one is actually there's a lot of work in the city itself. And again, it depends on what industry you're going into. Obviously, if you're thinking about going into hospitality, there's many, many hospitality jobs. And the cool thing about our hotels, because they are mega resorts, is that you have very specific jobs inside of those hotels. So for example, if you want to be a front of house person. So you want to work the front desk, the concierge desk, obviously. Um, you want to be a bartender, a waiter, a waitress, a hostess. All those are encapsulated inside of one hotel. And then 
let's just say you don't want to be a front of house person, which some people don't have the gene, uh, you can certainly work in a more conventional job like accounting or human resources or something of that nature. And you'll actually find a lot of people do these jobs. So that's actually the great part about living in Las Vegas is that you have the accessibility to all of these jobs. And the best part is, is that hotels actually provide a really, really good, um, I would actually say a really good source of income. Uh, uh, I didn't, I have never worked like a waiter or waitress job or a dealer. Um, so those ones are a little bit different because you actually get paid less than minimum wage, but also get, you know, quite, you know, you kind of live on your tips, which I've never had to think about living on tips specifically. But typically these hotels offer really good benefits and also a really good salary typically. And you also get really nice discounts on rooms. So the cool thing about MGM Resorts now is that it is, you know, in a partnership with Marriott. So all their employees now get Marriott discounts, which is awesome. Uh, the only other company that I've been told that makes or has better discounts than Marriott is Hilton, which I've heard Hilton rooms. You can basically, if you work there, you can travel and stay for free. At least that's what a lot of people like to present it as. But uh, really, hotels are really much more than just the front desk and the concierge desk and dealers and waiters and waitresses. They have so many back of house support teams that actually assist with the everyday workings of a hotel. Like I said, HR specifically, accounting. Accounting is a huge part about hotels because there are so many different parts of a hotel that have to be accounted for. Uh, also, uh, other than human resources, which is a great job to get into because it's, I'm not going to say it's easy, but in this city, it's a very large team of people that have to put this together. So human resources is one. Um, also, IT is a really big part because, I mean, if you guys have been following the news about Las Vegas and all of our IT problems, yes, it was not a good week for you guys. Probably going to be a really tough couple of months going forward, but it is also job security because everybody needs IT as well. So uh, we're actually a really booming city in terms of technology. So you're getting a lot of like dot-comers and stuff moving to Nevada because they get many, many tax breaks for moving to the city or the state of Nevada. But that is also a really big one. Uh, one of the things that I would say that it's sort of another like in-between city is telecommunications. Uh, I say that like it's like science. Um, I would say like TV and entertainment. We don't really have like a TV studio, like a movie studio here. We do have local news, but you don't have a lot of sort of independent movie houses. So that might be a little bit tough. Um, it also could be a good place for music as well. So if you're in these sort of like entertainment fields, it's a good place where you're going to get exposure to some things, but you're still not quite at the level of like New York or... Uh, Los Angeles, but it's really sort of the market before you jump into a bigger market, which would actually be like Phoenix, uh, like Dallas. Uh, those are like bigger markets than Las Vegas, but Las Vegas is a really high exposure market and it's flashy and shiny because it's Las Vegas. So uh, in terms of jobs, Vegas is actually a pretty good place to live. Um, just know that we do have a workers union. So if you do end up becoming a waiter or a waitress, or a hostess, you are eligible to actually be part of the union. Uh, really, any job you're just kind of like able to work in a union if it's like a hotel specific job. But uh, I never applied to be in the union, which 
heard they were gonna going thinking about going on strike soon. So who knows how uh, how that's gonna go? Um, I had a friend who who she was actually a hostess, and she made I think it was in the job description, or the, yeah whatever it was that she had to make eighteen dollars an hour being a hostess. Which if you've ever been a a waitress, it's much less than that. But you know it's just the title. It's the it's it's the name of the game. Uh, I would actually say if you were a, if you are a woman, this is actually a great city to work in. Obviously, everything, and we're just really going to cut through it here. Everything is based on your looks. Uh, obviously, if you are you know a model type in your mind, then this is a great city to work in. If you're just you know a little bit more you know average like me, I'm sort of like I would say I'm I'm average. Um, it doesn't work the same way, and that's just sort of the way the world works. I'm kind of cutting through it all at the moment, uh, but it is very competitive. So a lot of the girls you see that work as cocktail waitresses, especially in nightclubs, there's even levels to that. So you have sort of the nightclub level bottle service girls who are making hundreds of thousand dollars a year, and then you have just regular cocktail waitresses who have just like a regular family, and they're the ones that are on the casino floor walking around with drinks, and that's completely fine as well. But even just like in every industry, there are levels that you have to sort of get to and then also be the right fit for the job and it's just the way that it works so that's another one but living here itself I would say the biggest thing about living in Las Vegas is knowing that everything must be done in moderation and everyone always kind of says that about any city that you might be living in um, everything in moderation but the thing is when you're living in a city that has all the fun things for a guy to do we have nightclubs, we have bars, we have restaurants, we have lots and lots of very beautiful women walking around. Um, you have strip clubs, you have gambling, you have all the fantastic vices that you aren't you know, necessarily always privy to in a smaller town, and we just have a lot of it, and it's open 24 hours a day, it's always available. Uh, you have to do everything in moderation. So you can't go and gamble unless you have the funds to it. Congratulations. Um, you can't gamble every single day or you have to figure out how to break up or budget your gambling. So for example, I work for a sports betting TV network. Part of our job is, I wouldn't say betting on sports, but it does help if you know how to and then are betting on sports that you should budget for that. So typically during football season, I do not gamble on blackjack, craps, other games that I love to play, but uh, don't typically are not high viability. So uh, I tend to save my money and then I like to bet on football on the weekends. So it's one of those things where you have to do things in moderation. Also, I do Concierge Confidential and I go out probably every week, uh, which again, can be pricey. But most people, most people who live in Las Vegas don't do that. So most everyday working class people, uh, not the not the the bottle flies, if you will. Uh, I might have just made that up, actually, a bottle fly. Um, if you want to know what a, a, a bottle fly is, it's basically uh, girls in a nightclub who will basically just peruse the entire nightclub looking for single guys who've gotten a, a table and typically those guys do want women at their table because that's why they bought it. And then they invite them over, they get drinks, and they keep walking away. So those girls are very, very different, which are many, many, many of those girls in town. Of course, they also have the cocktail waitresses who can afford that when they're on their night off, uh, which you see them gallivanting around the entire city when they're not going off to, where is it in Mexico? I always forget, Tulum. 
to uh, vacation every two weeks. So that's another thing you learn to live with is on your Instagram, everything is going to be somebody on vacation and that's the way it is. So anyways, I digress. So moving back into sort of living here is doing everything in moderation and just really figuring out what makes you happy in town and making sure you don't spend too much money on it because it can be very, very expensive to live here. So uh, the, the thing, the thing is, is that if you are thinking about moving to Las Vegas and let's just say you're going to move into like an apartment, most apartments in town, depending on what part of town you live in range between about 1200 to up to $2,000 for a one bedroom. And again, you can find a lower uh, like a lower priced, uh, apartment, uh, depending on if like a couple of re a couple of things like what part of town it's in. Is it gated? Is it not gated? Also, like if it has a washer and dryer, which for me, that is standard. So if I ever moved out of my place, I would make sure that I had a washer and dryer. That's the standard I want because I am terrible at planning. So I always need it on hand just in case I have to wash a jacket super, super quick. But living here is actually really, really fun. It's has all the different sort of quirks and fun parts of like LA where you get sort of like the pool party atmosphere. You can just go hang, like lounge out at like local pools. And it has all the shows that do run through here. So you do still get the fantastic culture that you would get of like from a like New York. Um, obviously, it's not going to be here every day where I can go see the Lion King, but it does, they do travel. And we do have a performing arts center, which is the, I always forget the name of it, Smith Center for the Performing Arts, uh, where we've had shows like Hamilton and Wicked and Phantom of the Opera. The Lion King, like I said, Mamma Mia. So we do get a lot of the culture that you would get in other big cities as well, which is absolutely fantastic. So again, this city is fantastic to live in, especially if you're sort of like an in-between city and you're moving out from like someplace in Iowa and you move to Vegas and you have aspirations of moving to Los Angeles. It's a good sort of stop in between to where you're able to make money and then move on to the next place. And it has something for everybody, which is also really great because I, as you guys have seen during my um, gallivanting in the city, um, I like to go to like the nicer places. So I do like to go to Delilah's and Mayfair Supper Club and Wakuda, just naming a couple of my favorites. And you can check those all out on Concierge Confidential underscore LV on Instagram. And I enjoy that part of Vegas, but some people enjoy the all-you-can-drink part of Vegas. So like Fremont Street, where you can go ahead and get, you know, these big giant yardsticks and just walk down Fremont without a care in the world and people watch. Me personally, that's not my thing. But the cool thing is, is that Vegas can be many things for many, many different people. And I think that is what makes the city great, is that you can do whatever you want once you're here and be whoever you want when you're here. Like for me, during the day, I'm a you know, TV, you know, TV producer. And I'm just, you know, kind of focused on the day doing kind of just knocking it out and don't really dress up as much. But when I get to go out for you guys, I get to, you know, throw on my Calvin Klein jeans, I'm able to put on like my nice shirt, a chain, I could put on my Jordans if I want. And then I can go out and be whoever I want. I'm now concierge confidential guy. And that's great. I love that about this city where you can just sort of transform into whoever you want. And I think that's the best sentiment you can give if you are coming to Vegas is be whoever you want. Be outlandish. Be crazy because you're not going to be able to do that back home. Or maybe you can. But here it's totally, totally accepted if you want to be that when you're in town, which I think is what is awesome about the city of Las Vegas. So, And the cool thing is, is I get to do it 
anytime I want. I get to be business in the daytime and then party at nighttime, which is anything that you can hope for. So anyways, that was just a little recap of what it's like to live in Las Vegas. I Yes, I do sort of eat at home as much as I can. And um, I don't eat out all the time because, yes, it can be very, very expensive. So uh, that was sort of the first half of the pod. So we're going to be jumping into sort of my overrated list, which is going to be coming up on the other side of the break. And that will be coming up next. Hey, everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential. Just letting you know about a new podcast that we have out. It's called Last Night in Vegas with me, Brian Ortega. Hopefully you're able to listen to it. Um, It'll be periodically put out throughout the week. And usually if I go out in the evening, you'll probably be hearing a podcast about how that night went. So make sure to check out our new podcast, Last Night in Vegas, presented by Neon Smoke Productions. Okay, everybody, so we are back. So we're going to be going through the overrated lists that I have written down. Uh, These are kind of in a particular order, I suppose. But uh, let's just kind of start with sort of the... So again, this is totally my opinion. People may have different feelings about this list. But it's really just what I think and what I see plastered over everywhere. And I just wanted to give sort of my two cents. Why? Because I have a microphone. So uh, the top of the overrated list, or number five, I suppose, is... The barbershop. Yes, I'm coming after all the social media influencers out there. That's one in particular, um, which she gets really cool, interesting stuff. But I just have to say, the barbershop is not a speakeasy, and please stop calling it that. It's a bar lounge with a line on the outside, and you have to pay a, a, a you have to pay a cover to get inside of it. And I absolutely hate it. It's not hidden. It's right when you walk into the front door. That is not a speakeasy. And I'm going to say it every single time I can. I do not enjoy people calling it a speakeasy. Honestly, they never are on time when they do their live music. It's super tight in there if you don't actually have a table. So you can't just stand in there because they have these big giant leather chairs sitting around every place. And then you also have the bar itself, which is always super packed, which people always get on me about my speakeasy recommendations that they are packed when really you have this much larger room that is even more packed and cramped than the small places that I like to recommend. So again, this is me coming after the barbershop that I think it is overrated. So I've been in there a couple times. Again, I'm not impressed of the barbershop. So um, to give you an uh, an alternative choice. Um, you can go to any other speakeasy. So you can always check out my Concierge Confidential page on Instagram, Concierge Confidential underscore LV, or you can check us out on TikTok, which is at Keys to Vegas, and you can check out all these other speakeasies that you're able to go to. One of them being at the Cosmo, and that is Ghost Donkey, which I love Ghost Donkey. It has that really cool feel of a speakeasy where it's a little bit hidden. You can't really find it which is the cool part about it. And it's inside of something else, which I think is always the fun part about it. Um, And like a real something else, not like, oh, we created this barbershop so then we can have a bar on the inside. So essentially, I think Ghost Donkey is fantastic. I know it's very, very small. I totally get it. Everybody loves to talk shit about it. Um, The drinks are not that expensive in there, by the way. You can get a, you know, high-end tequila, like a Casa Azul for like $20, $25, which is pretty affordable for that particular brand of tequila. 
But everything else is pretty approachable. That's actually not a very expensive sort of spot. Uh, if you don't like tequila or mezcal, don't worry. I have another option for you, which people send, t- seem to love this option that I'm about to give to you guys. And that is the Ski Lodge. The Ski Lodge is located towards the back or front of the hotel, ever you want to put it up. But it's right next to Wicked Spoon. It's inside of Super Frico. And it's great. It's actually a very, very full bar. They actually have whiskeys, tequilas, gin. They have a much fuller bar than they would have over at Ghost Donkey. They also do food, so they do pizzas, which is cool. And it's a pretty big space. It's actually a pretty big space for a speakeasy. And again, it feels a little bit hidden. And once you find it, that's sort of the reward of finding it. There's not a line outside. It's a place that you are rewarded for finding. So again, instead of going to the barbershop, go to Ghost Donkey or even the Ski Lodge at the Cosmopolitan, all in the same place. So again, that's my thing. So moving on, uh, let's get to the views. So I think this one can be debatable depending on what you're looking at. So one that I had listed on here was the High Roller. And the High Roller itself used to be a bit more overrated, but with the advent of the Sphere, which is now going to be opened, I believe, this coming week, which is right now it's September 25th. So you're looking at the 20, 29th, I believe, or 30th uh, with U2. And I think the High Roller actually gives you pretty good views of it. But other than that, the High Roller gives you very mediocre views of the Las Vegas Strip. The High Roller is great during the daytime if you're trying to see the entire Vegas Valley. It is 550 feet tall. You get to see the entire mountain range. You also get to see the parts of the city as well. Uh, at nighttime, you kind of just like see the same view over and over and over again as you go 30 minutes around in a wheel. I worked there for a little while. I worked there for like nine months, I believe. And it's fine. It's okay. But if you want to really get a really good view of the Strip, I think the Eiffel Tower actually gives you much better views of the Las Vegas Strip just because it is actually a little bit lower than the High Roller and that actually works to its advantage because you're able to get much sharper and much more in-detail photos of the Strip like the Bellagio, the Cosmopolitan, and it also has little slats that are open so you're able to get pictures without glare or have to worry about plexiglass in front of you and I just think it's overall maybe just a little bit better viewing experience from up there. But only drawback is you can't really see the sphere. So if you're there up there specifically to see the sphere, the high roller is a good option. But to me personally, I think the high roller may be just a bit overrated. Same thing with the stratosphere. Since we're talking about high level up bars, the stratosphere itself does not give you good views of the strip just because the brand new fountain blue is actually covering most of the strip when you're actually looking down from the Fremont, I'm sorry, from the stratosphere hotel. Uh, Again, the Stratosphere offers great views of the valley, but again, once you're up there, you're kind of up there, it feels dated, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, So I, in change, will recommend these other two lounges, uh, Ali Lounge 66, which that is actually on the top floor of Resorts World. You do get sort of the closer view of the Las Vegas Strip with Fountain Blue off to your left, but then I have to say that I was very impressed that you should do this during sunset where you actually get a really phenomenal view of the sun setting over the Sierra Mountains, and then you also get to see the strip turn from day to nighttime. And it feels very, you know, high-end. It feels new. Uh, Usually they have a two-drink minimum up there. It's not super, super busy, and that is actually why I kind of like uh, Ali Lounge. Um, If you're on the south end of the strip, I would recommend Skyfall every single time. Skyfall, way better than Foundation Room, which actually should be on this list as being overrated. And 
Reason being is because Skyfall just feels sleek and mo- and somewhat modern. It's actually been there for quite some time, but they actually have a pretty large outdoor viewing area. You can go out and actually get a beautiful view of the strip up close and personal from the south end of Las Vegas Boulevard. So I really enjoy Skyfall. I think you would as well. There's no cover charge, which is fantastic, and they're just always happy to see people inside of Skyfall. And you go up in a glass elevator, and you can go to the bathroom and get a view of the Las Vegas Strip while you're sitting down. So I don't know. It's a win-win, I think. So moving on, as I sort of run through many of these, I pretty much only have two left on the list, and I just really wanted to, to get these off my chest. And the next one's kind of funny because it's actually like an entire property. So uh, the other overrated thing on my list is the Aria as a whole, as a whole casino, overrated. Uh, It has a lot of cool things in it for sure. It has catch. It also has cathedral. It has another speakeasy, which is called Easy Donuts. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful hotel. But other than that, this thing is overrated, and I will tell you why. One, it is very confusing to get to your room because it splits off, and you have to figure out where your room is again. Uh, number two, it is very, very expensive because of where it is located on the Strip, uh, and many of the thing- uh, amenities inside of the Aria Hotel can be somewhat dated once you you know, have lived more than three years after something was created. It's going to be dated. And then also, this is really a problem I have with them, and I'm really taking it out on them now is that they are horrible to make a reservation with in terms of restaurants. They're never available. They don't take reservations for, you know, if you're there a week out, it's really hard to make reservations. Uh, and really, that's it's not a huge deal, but it's just like one of those things. It's like walking in. I'm a big walk-in person, and I, I, I'm alone, so I'm not trying to take up a whole table. But they're very, very un considerate of people who travel alone I think and want to dine you know single they're really hard with that they'll because one of the big reasons is is that they reserve bar tops which I think that should be outlawed should not be allowed to reserve bar top tables for like multiple people that's what a table's for not the bar top for people like me who wander in want to have a drink want to have something to eat and not available. And I know that's sort of like old man screaming at clouds, but that's my one thing is that I think you would help a lot of people out if we're able just to walk into your restaurant. I'm looking at you, Carbone. But again, the Aria, every time I go, there's a, there's, a, there's a fucking issue. And I just really have, I'm just so annoyed with it. And I think there's other hotels that aren't as commercial because Aria feels very commercial, very, very paint by numbers. Hey, look at this hotel, how pretty we made it and how you know sleek it is. But it doesn't feel like welcoming. It feels very like steel and very cold. So a couple of other hotels that I would recommend instead, if you want that same vibe, I would say the Cosmopolitan is great because Cosmopolitan has many different outlets that are allow you to walk into their restaurants, which I always appreciate. It still has that cool, young, hip vibe. So, so celebrities would stay here. The rooms themselves are quite nice. They also have the balconies, which is a plus. They have many different types of room types as well. They have a terrace view. They have a wraparound terrace view. They have a city king. They also have a terrace view, terrace not view, because there's two views, basically. And I think it offers everything that the Aria can offer. I think the Cosmo does exceptionally better. Um, They might have one or two restaurants that might be better than the Cosmo's signature menu uh, restaurant lineup. But 
I think Cosmo can can do quite well. Same thing with the win in the Venetian. Uh, win and Encore I kind of put together. But the win itself, I've gone a lot lately. And I have to say the nighttime crowd is different than the daytime crowd. The daytime crowd, much more like trashy, rich folk. But at nighttime, it's very, very clean cut, high end, everything I'd want out of a hotel the wind delivers. So the wind is a great option in terms of if you want something to be on the same par as the Aria. Um, if you want, uh, if you want the, uh, what's sort I'm looking for that the award status, the win is Forbes five star five diamond. And then the Aria is, uh, actually, uh, the same thing. So if you wanted sort of the matching levels, the win would be one, uh, other than the win, I would also recommend the Venetian and the Palazzo. The Venetian and the Palazzo have so many restaurants. I can't even count them on one finger. They have so, so many to choose from. They have a really nice casino. They actually have two casinos because they have the Venetian and the Palazzo Casino. And the Palazzo Casino tends to be a little bit more uh, skewed more towards beginners and sort of lower limit, which is nice. And they also have beautiful lounges in uh, Electra, which is over at the Palazzo. Uh, Chica actually gets going really, really, you know, pumping uh, after nine o'clock where they have a live DJ. Uh, Juliet, last time I checked, had live music, which is their new cocktail lounge. But it, their property just really ticks a lot of the boxes. It's sort of just the right amount of cheesiness with the whole, whole like Venetian theme because even the police officers walk around with the uniform. But it's just classy. It feels like a like a sort of right before the win classy joint uh, just because it just looks beautiful on the inside. Lots of slot machines to choose from. And I think it's actually a really fine option. It's a good mix of celebrity chefs and also um, independent chefs, which is actually quite cool. So on to the last one. This is the last one I'll be finishing the pod with here. And that is the number one most overrated thing in Vegas. And I hope Vital Vegas is listening so he can take this and take it to the bank. And that is Gordon Ramsay's burger. I was not impressed with Gordon Ramsay's burger, which is at the Planet Hollywood, and it's actually going to be extending into, I believe, the Bally's Hotel or the uh, Flamingo or Harrah's, one of the Caesars properties. Don't really remember. doesn't really matter to me. Um, I didn't enjoy Gordon Ramsay's burger. I went in. I went for lunch. It doesn't feel anything special. The, the menus are very, very like diner 1967, sort of like, you know, Waffle House. And the burger itself was good, but I didn't see the difference between that and a restaurant I really enjoy um, that actually is, is much better. So I didn't see that it was better than the other restaurant that I'm about to recommend. But again, it just felt sort of like, you know, buy one, get one free for your hotel room sort of stay restaurant. And I didn't like that it the mess the menu was sticky it didn't feel special at all so other than gordon ramsay's burger which his burgers range in the 18 to 30 dollar range uh i would recommend holsteins and i've done this before you could check it out on our, all of our social channels um holsteins i think is a really fantastic option for burgers because they can do burgers they can do wings they can do ahi tuna uh they can do ma uh what's what i'm looking for uh mahi mahi tacos so they really focus on their burgers and i think they do their burgers exceptionally well and it's just a much cooler place it's chill you can still take your kids there but it feels a little bit more tuned up as an actual restaurant as to burger which feels like they just threw it in that part of the casino so again that was my overrated list 
Oh yeah, I forgot to mention one more. I think herbs and rye is super overrated. Uh, this is all for the all the locals out there. Because um, I was actually sort of messaging somebody on TikTok, and they're like, "Have you tried herbs and rye? Like herbs and rye is good." And I told them this in it is that I think herbs and rye gets propped up by locals that it's actually a good restaurant because every all the steaks are half price, and when anything is going to be affordable, you're going to say that it's good. And I even think for the price that it was at, isn't even that good. So again, that's just kind of where I sit on herbs and rye. I think it's a fantastic cocktail room. It's great for late night, great for after dinner drinks, or sorry, after work drinks. I think it's great in that capacity. But as an actual restaurant itself, I was highly disappointed with the steaks when they came out to the table. Uh, for the last time I was at Herbs and Rye. So uh, they do also have a sister property called Cleaver, which many people have said is actually just as good. Um, I haven't tried Cleaver yet. And again, I focus a lot on the strip. So when I have to make those decisions to go off the strip or go back to the strip, usually going to the strip typically wins out nine out of 10 times. So anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Make sure you keep tuning in. Uh, I always try to put out a new episode on Fridays which is Last Night in Vegas, which is typically more of a review show where I go out, try something out, and then tell you whether or not it was good or not. And this one's more kind of a planning show, uh, but also you know a little bit more informative and a little bit you know more long-winded, if you will. So really appreciate everybody who listens in. Um, if you have any suggestions or something that you wanted to talk about or something you wanted me to answer with, uh, definitely DM me on Instagram at confidential underscore LV. And that's a good way to reach me. You can also reach me on my other Instagram, which is my personal Instagram, which is Brian Ortega underscore 26. And then I'll try to answer any of your questions or bring it up in the pod. Um, I'm also thinking about maybe doing like a TikTok live. Um, if you're into that idea, feel free to message me as well. You'd be into it. I would probably answer questions about Vegas in general, usually off the top of my head because I'm a poor planner, obviously. Um, but I would really love to hear from you guys. So just let me know. Let me see if you guys would be interested in something like that. And um, I'll see if I can make it happen. So again, follow us on our social channels, Conscious Confidential underscore LV and TikTok, which is at Keys to Vegas. I really appreciate you guys listening. My name is Brian Ortega. If you see me out in town doing something, feel free to come by, say hello. But remember, if you do see me, keep it confidential.